hello. Welcome to another episode of Bookwormies. I'm your host, Aaron Helton, here as always to take you down an adventure exploring a new book through my lens of nonfiction preferences. The book we have today is a leadership book called The Radical Leap, L-E-A-P, as a bit of an acronym that we'll explore later. So first thing about this book, I say leadership book. However, my preferences, as we know, are business, self-help, leadership, management, psychology type of books. However, the reason I gravitate towards these books is because while it says leadership, anybody can be a leader. Really, the point of this book gets at, it explains to be as leadership, but to me, could just be life. So let's dive right into it. First, a couple aspects of the book. The synopsis, first and foremost, is the writer, author, is Steve Farber. So this is The Radical Leap by Steve Farber. The character, it is from a first-person perspective, the character Steve, I believe he's a leadership development consultant or a business person working or living in California. I think it also mimics the real life of the author. And this character, Steve, has a couple business problems going on and really sets off to explore what does leadership mean to this individual, Steve. Well, they meet this surfer that goes by the uh, moniker of Edge, E-D-G, and the surfer with a background, a a secret that they hold. And they give this kind of sage-like advice to Steve throughout the book. And this is through the lens of L-E-A-P, that radical leap, those leadership aspects. So a little bit about the book as a whole. Personally, I really enjoyed it. It's an easy read, uh, about 150, about 170 pages. So a quick little weekend book for sure. It also, due to the nature of being kind of a story, is a much easier read than piling on a bunch of research and statistics. Now, if you heard my last episode with Think Again by Adam Grant, I definitely love research and statistics and all of that. I'm a big fan of it. However, sometimes you can just burn through a book very quickly and speed through it because you're so engaged in the narrative of the story, which for some books, when they're too cognitive and too statistical and research-oriented, you can get lost. So I definitely appreciate the story form of these type of books. So we go through the exploration of what leadership means through the lens of Steve at the guidance of Edge, the surfer, and we find the L-E-A-P. Now, I do implore you to go get this book for yourself. It is one of the hundred best business books of all time from a couple lists and also from the book itself referencing that uh, statement. And I definitely recommend it. It's got a 10-year anniversary and the current iteration that I have states the copyright at 2014. So it may have been a book from 2004. I would have to double check that, but at the very least 2014. So it's held up over at least currently being 23, nine years. If it was a 10-year anniversary, well, maybe it's a 20-year-old book, but it's fantastic. I love the simple message and the aspect and the storytelling of it. So let's jump in. Again, I implore you to get this book for yourself, but let's look a little bit at what it teaches. So at the very end of this book, page 149 or so, it pulls out the daily handbook of the L-E-A-P. And I've said that a couple times, so what does it actually stand for? It stands for love, energy, audacity, and proof. So we're looking for love, energy, audacity, and proof to temper our leadership styles. Or as I take the lens, just to live authentically, to have love, energy, audacity, and proof in our own lives because anybody can be a leader. So let's talk a little bit about each of these aspects. 
Obviously, the book itself has some thoughts and some aspects to state for each of these pieces of the acronym. However, I would like to speak a little bit about my own experience reading this book and thinking about each of these concepts. So the first, of course, is love. I am currently a crisp 26, and obviously I've had some relationships and I've had experience in love and things like that, but ultimately what it means to have love for the world is a different thing. You know, I don't have a marriage or a long-term partner at this time of recording, but, you know, I've had heartbreak and I've had poor experiences and I've had unrequited loves. And I've heard from many individuals that have long-term marriages or uh, very strong relationships that love for every person seems to be a little bit different. But ultimately, when we think of love as a whole, I think we think of dedication and I think we think of commitment. I think we think of building something together. Personally, I think of consideration because I definitely practice love with my friends. I love a lot of the people around me and even some strangers. How often do we connect just at a, a moment's glance at somebody who's wearing a goofy pin from a show that we like or is carrying a tote bag with a, a funny meme that we've seen or something like that? I personally believe that those are little moments of love, truly. And to speak at the radical leap, as it states for love, cultivating love, what that looks like in this book, it states a little bit of kind of leaning into passion. That's really what it talks about for love. It asks a couple of questions like, why do I love this business or this company? Why do I love my customers? And it tries to get you to answer questions to find the intrinsic value of why you're doing what you do, which I think is definitely transferable to concept of passion. Why do I love crafting? Why am I here podcasting? You know, it's not that I love the sound of my own voice, but I love connecting and putting my opinion out there for others to maybe send a message or reach out and say, hey, I liked that book. It helped change my life. That's something that I enjoy doing is just connecting people, not only with sources and ways to grow and with me, but also with each other. So that's my own personal love. The second aspect of the LEAP, LEAP, was energy. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. You know, we talked a little bit about passion from love, but also passion in energy. Where is it that you feel your best? Where is it that you are bouncing off the walls and the day goes by so quickly and you just feel so energized? Not only that, but you think to the phrase, filling your cup. You know, you can't give from an empty cup. As somebody who has been people-pleasing and had issues with boundaries in the past, filling my cup was a very difficult thing that I had to think about. And I definitely believe that this book and energy, when I was considering it, really made me think about where are the places that fill me with energy? Because a lot of times we think, where do you become energized and where do you become passionate and where do you show up? But that can be draining to your energy. Think to the reverse. Where are the moments that fill you with energy in the sense of recharging your battery? Some people, it's the sense of calm or others. It could be support through friendships. It could be a night out that could be energizing for some and debilitating for others like myself. But I think that's definitely an interesting aspect of this book is that energy. Where do you find it and where do you give it? And being really intentional about that. Third, we've got audacity. And honestly, when I see audacity, my expectations for this book were like audacity seems too aggressive 
to me personally. And again, as a people pleaser, it definitely hit me pretty hard. But I see how they describe audacity and it's chasing after a lofty goal. It is audacious. It is also what I would put in the bucket of courageous. And so it's two different words for essentially the same concept, in my opinion. Audacity is reaching for the impossible, almost chasing after the just mountain of a dream. I do Spartan races. So it's not just, hey, I'm going to try this 5K. I've done a couple 5Ks, but I say, I'm going to chase after a 10K. Will you run it with me? And uh, as a story from the past, when I did end up running my 10K, I, um, I ended up having a bit of a unpreparedness. And I took five hours, actually, to tackle this 10K with a friend because it was all uphill and then downhill and then 25 obstacles because it was a Spartan race. And it was brutal. But I talk about audacity in the sense of that was a goal that might have been impossible. And I honestly did hit that wall of, oh my God, am I going to be able to handle this? Because I'm three hours in and there's still 12 obstacles and I'm about to go straight uphill for another two hours is what it felt like. Because I was staring uphill and I could not see the other side of it. It disappeared behind a tree. And it was awful. It was brutal. But I made so many friends and I brought along a friend of mine, Alexis, and that was audacity. That's the story of chasing after a goal that is almost impossible and that inspires the people around you having what could also be called a BHAG, which is a big, hairy, audacious goal. There we go. That word again, audacious, you know, audacity. Where is it that you put yourself out there with such almost childish, almost naive view of, I'm going to chase after this. It might take 20 years, but I'm going to chase after it. That's audacity. And that's beautiful. The final aspect of leap was proof. So we have love, energy, audacity, and proof. And this one was interesting to me because proof is simple. It's a lot easier to live and lead when you've had proof, when you've already done it a couple times. And so obviously, if you want to be a more effective leader or a more effective human being, you should be able to prove that you've done so in the past, that you've been successful. However, the book makes a good point in stating you should also be proving things to yourself. You should be gathering proof for yourself. It talks about asking people for feedback, not just in leadership, but if you have a personal goal, if you want to lose weight or gain muscle, or if you want to, like me, chase after that 10K, well, I have people around me that ask, hey, when's your next race? Because I've shown them the proof that I'm going to try the 5K and I did it. I'm going to run another 5K and I did it. I'm going to try out that 10K, but it's scary, maybe sometime next year. And so I did a 5K and they said, weren't you planning on a 10 next? I said, yeah, actually, that's the one I'm tackling next. And then I did it. I had my friend that helped me accountable and we proved to each other that we could handle that. And so ultimately, I think also to that concept of just proving it to yourself in the sense of little promises that you make to yourself. We always have New Year's resolutions or things like that, but Ultimately, it's the little moments day to day that create that beauty. So usually I would try and maybe add in like a critique for some of these concepts. Ultimately, I feel like it's so simple and so straightforward and it resonates very clearly with me personally. I don't personally have a critique in the style. I think that Steve Farber has made a couple books and is also, I believe, a consultant as well. So he definitely has a uh, good repertoire and has that proof that he talks about. That more or less concludes my review of this book. 
Who would I recommend it to? I mean, it's a leadership book and I would definitely recommend it to anybody who wants to improve their leadership. I would also recommend it to anybody who has lost and might want to have some guide rails to realign who they're trying to be and what direction they're trying to put their life into. Because when you think, where's the love? Where's the energy? Where is your audacity? And then where is your proof? Well, you could start to make steps to improve yourself to become the person you want to be. That said, I would also recommend it to anybody who is trying to reconnect with their values because it's very easy for somebody to have a goal and for 20 years chase after that goal and realize looking back that they've gone on a different path and maybe it's time to reassess and sometimes that's where the beauty of change can be as a human being. As always, thank you for stopping by on our journey into nonfiction here on Bookwormies. Again, I'm your host, Aaron Helton. Thank you very much, and I will see you next time. Bye. Tuning in to this episode, proudly presented by the APNM Group, a subsidiary of Alger Productions LLC. We strive to produce content that informs, entertains, and adds value to your day. We value your input and would be delighted to hear your thoughts in the comments about this episode. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please engage with us in the comments section or via our social media platforms. Your feedback helps us shape our content and uncover new topics that matter to our listeners. If this episode resonated with you, we kindly ask that you rate and review this show on your preferred podcast platform. Sharing this podcast with friends and family helps us reach more listeners and continue delivering content you enjoy. For more information about the podcast, the host, or our parent company, please visit the link in this episode's description. Also visit us on YouTube and Rumble to see and hear every content produced by Alger Productions. Thank you once again for your time and support. Until next time, stay tuned and stay inspired.